Well, today I'm excited to kick off, not a new series, I'm doing it next week. I'm kicking off a brand new series next week called Letters from Paul. Letters from Paul. Now, Paul had a lot to say to the New Testament church. He, he wrote some incredible letters as he came and he wanted you and I to know how to live. And he really, really had a lot to say. And we're going to visit some of these letters from Paul. And I'm going to be looking at those. And we're going to start that next week, these letters from Paul. Don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great, great series as we dive in. I believe there's going to be people set free in this series, letters from Paul. Uh, but today I want to talk to you. And we're going to take communion at the end of my sermon today. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. And then we're going to take up the Lord's table together. It's time for an upgrade. Anybody like upgrades? Turn to your neighbor and say, I like the upgrades. Don't you love upgrades? I, you know, I remember one time I was calling, and some of you know what I'm talking about. Man, maybe your dish network or your direct TV, and you call because your DVR is starting to slow down. It's like running at capacity, and, it, and you go to push something, and it takes forever before it actually pops up, and it begins to drag. Your remote's not working as well as it should be. Your batteries are falling out. Anyone ever remember the pain, okay? You know what I'm talking about. You go to record your favorite show, and it doesn't record right. And so finally, you break down, and you call uh, your, your, your provider, and you say, man, you know, I'm having problems with my operating system. What's wrong? They're like, well, you know, you've been due for an upgrade for two years. A free upgrade for two years. You can have the best and baddest system. You can get a DVR that's three times faster. It can hold three times as many shows. It can, it can do all this, and it's free. All we got to do is schedule a time for you to come out and st- have someone install it, and it's yours for free. And then you're like, what? You know, and they come out and install it, and the first day you're like, zzz, zzz, you're recording everything. It's working great. You're like, man, two years I've been living with the old, and I could have had the new. And we just didn't know about it. See, I believe today that there's many of us in this room that God is wanting to upgrade our lives. He's wanting to call us to a different level, and we're living below par because we just have settled for where we're at. When in all reality, God has got an upgrade for you and I. It's time for an upgrade. Let's go right into our text. Look what Paul had to say in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, the new, the what? Let's say again, the what? The new creation has come. The old has gone. And what's here? The new is here. The upgrade is here. You see, we go from new to old to new. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Paul had a lot to say about this, and we're going to dive into these letters talking about how we can live the upgrade. Paul had a lot to say, and over the next week when I start this series on the letters from Paul, we're going to really discuss this, dive into what Paul had to say to the New Testament church, but he really wanted to drive home that this new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Look what Psalms 92 says, verse 12, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Now, how many know the righteous is us? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are made righteous, not by works, not by good deeds, not by any good thing you can do, but we are made righteous only through the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. He comes and he makes us righteous. So today he's speaking to us, we who have been made righteous through the blood, not by our own 
by, by what happens to the cross, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow. See, God has designed your life, my life, to flourish, not to survive. Too many Christians are just surviving. Too many people in this room are just living at this level of surviving. And God wants you not only to grow, he wants you to flourish. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for you to flourish. He wants to upgrade your living. He wants to take you to a different level in him. Now look at this picture. I-, I posted this picture of me on the plane. Some of you saw, I posted it like last week. I was flying in from Denver and I got, sit- I got seated on the very last row how many ever had to sit sit on the last row of your flight how many know that's like the worst seat in the plane and not only was i seated on the very last row i was within my elbow sitting down my elbow could touch the bathroom door which meant every time somebody went to the bathroom let's say i was sitting like right here the bathroom doors right here it was like pardon me excuse me I got to know him up close and personal. <laughs> Too much booty action going on in that plane, I just tell you right now. Every time that door would open, I'm like, <gasps> hold my breath. <laughs> Sit on the back row. You know, and you get on the back row and your seat goes from here. In the plane, when you're reclined, your seat goes from here to here. Here <laughs> to here. And then I get in trouble because my seat's not all the way back in the upright position. When it's time to land, I'm like, really? This is really going to make a difference from here to here. Lady, go pick on somebody in first class and leave me alone. (laughs) Coach problems, right? And it starts off when you're out in the, you know, the lobby waiting. All right, we're now boarding all of our first class passengers. And they get up and like, ha, 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 see you later, suckers. <laughs> and they get on first, and they're like high-fiving them. And you're like, here you go. And sitting down and giving them blankets. And they get their laptops off, and they're making more money in that 10 minutes sitting on the plane before you ever get on. And you'll make it the rest of the month. And they're sitting there, ha, 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 first class. And they're getting warm cookies and blankets and pillows and, ah. And we got to be heard then. All right, group one, group two, group three. Everybody's rushing. You know, I'm like, really? It's assigned seating. Don't push. It's okay. We've all got seats right here. And you got to walk through. They parade you through first class. I mean, why couldn't first class be last so we don't have to all walk through and be envious of the people sitting in first class? And then they pull the curtain and say, don't come up here. Don't ever think about using their bathroom. They'll t- attack you or call the guards on you. I mean, but every once in a while, it's only happened to me twice, but twice I've been called on, Mr. BB. we would like to give you a free, bump you to a free upgrade today, the first class. And you know what I do? <laughs> See you later, suckers! <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> I walked down that aisle like I own that plane. I order all the cookies I can get, all the free snacks I can get, I'm stuffing them in my bags. Come on, you know, I got five kids to feed when I get home. <laughs> hey, daddy, buy some cookies right here. Hallelujah. You know, so anyway, I love being upgraded, and so do you. We love it when it's upgraded, and upgrades come, but too many of us are living our life below the upgrade that God's got for you and I. He's called us to have this upgrade. He's trying to take us somewhere, but the problem is 
We're not passing the test back to coach. <laughs> we're not passing the test. There's something he's wanting to do in our lives, and we're just not getting it. Look what John 10.10 10 says. The thief doesn't come to accept the steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. I've come, Jesus said, that you may have life. And not only have life, but my, what? have it more abundantly. He wants to upgrade you. He wants you to have this abundant living. He's got something for you beyond where you're living today. He's wanting to call you to a different level. But the problem is this. It's a problem. The problem is this. Problems usually precede promotion. Problems usually precede promotion. And many of us are waiting for our upgrade. But we let problems slip in and keep us from ever getting promotion that God's got for us. We can never receive our upgrade because we're constantly focusing in upon the problem, the trial, the tough situation we're in, and we miss out. I mean, think about it. Joseph had a tough time, didn't he? He had a lot of problems before he ever got promoted. He went from the pit to prison, falsely accused, lied upon, forgotten, and from the prison, he was eventually promoted. Look at Moses. Moses had to go, what? Had to chase and run for his life in the backside of the desert. He had spent many, many years in the backside of the desert before God ever promoted him and used him. Think of David. David spent a lot of time hiding out in caves, dodging spears, running for his life, acting like a madman, trying to save his life. Why? Because he hadn't yet been promoted. And many times problems will always come first before God moves you and promotes you into the place he's wanting you to live, the place he's wanting you to be, the place where you're most effective, the place he's calling you, your destiny. I love what Joseph said in Genesis chapter 15, verse 20. Remember after he got promoted and his brothers came to him and he, instead of really ready to kill him, look what he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for what? Good. In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now think about it. If Joseph had been promoted back when he had the dream, he'd have been so arrogant. I mean, he was already arrogant and cocky. That's why I got him in trouble. That's why he got in the pit. Hey, brothers, you're all going to bow to me one day. I mean, he's running off his mouth. He wasn't ready to handle. He wasn't ready to handle the promotion God had in store for him. So God had to take him through seasons of stripping out his pride, stripping out his pride to get him ready. Why? Because God had a destiny that this day he would save many people alive. He had a plan for him. And in order to get him to that place where he was able to save many people, he had to take him through many problems to get him to that point. So how do we upgrade? Let me give you three things the way we upgrade. Number one, we, we upgrade by honoring God. We honor God no matter what you and I are going through. we got to learn to honor the Lord. Easier said than done. Oh, I honor the Lord. I, I believe it. You know, many times we, we have a hard time. Why, do we, why is it important that we honor the Lord through our problems, through our trials? Because it forces us to get beyond ourselves and say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. 
My faithfulness is not based on what my circumstances are. The way I honor you is not based on what my paycheck looks like. The way I honor you is not based on when things are going great. The way I really honor the Lord is when I go through a tough, dark season and I stay firm. And I hold true. And I keep going strong. Even though I may be weeping, even though I may be hurting, I still stay focused. And God, I'm going to honor you because that's what you called me to do. I'm going to honor you no matter what I'm going through. I've had too many people I know. They come to me all the time, and I haven't seen them in a long time. They'll say, Pastor, man, I'm going through all this trouble in my life, but I know, I know it's only because I'm not honoring God the way I need to. So I'm, I'm back home. I'm back in. And, man, for a couple of weeks, they, they don't miss church. They're coming to Wednesday nights. They're getting involved in connect groups. They're getting involved in life groups. They're serving. They're giving. And after a couple of weeks, they're like, I don't get it, Pastor. Nothing's changed. I mean, I've been doing this for like three weeks now, and nothing's changed. And they just give up. Well, this ain't working. You know, they've learned nothing. They've learned nothing through the process. Because I don't honor the Lord to get. I honor the Lord to prove that, you know what? God, I'm faithful to you no matter what. No matter what your response is to me, I'm going to honor you. I don't honor you because I want something from you. I honor you because of who you are. I honor you for what you've done in my life. I honor you that your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm going to stick it out no matter how difficult the season gets. Look what 1 Samuel says in chapter 2, verse 30. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who honor me, I will honor. We honor the Lord. He's going to honor us. Simply put, when we learn to honor the Lord and there's no greater time that we honor the Lord and show our honor to Him is when we're walking through a challenging, difficult season and we don't give up. I mean, this is when it really comes down to it. This is the real, true test of our honor. Will we honor Him when the difficult seasons arrive? And many of you are in it this morning. And you're here, and I applaud you. And I say, keep on honoring the Lord. Keep on honoring the Lord. Some of you are ready to give up. Don't give up. God has got you exactly where he wants you. And he's trying to do something in your life. Don't give up too easy, because if we do, we won't pass the test. Which is our second point here. To, to be upgraded, we've got to pass the test. Simply put, we've got to learn to pass the test. You know, in college and in high school, there's different degrees of testing, right? Sometimes you walk in and you have a pop quiz. You're like, I got this, you know, true and false. I can do this in my sleep. I can make a B or an A, just, just taking this thing. So most people are, are kind of like the pop quiz, not too hard. I got this. The other tests, you know, well, I better at least study. And you kind of take an hour before the class starts and you open up and you kind of cram in. You kind of feel good about it. Now, other tests, you know. Finals and big tests, you know, you know what? It's going to take me weeks and days of study and to prepare for this final. It's a much more difficult test, and it requires more, doesn't it? You see, I believe in our life that God has got different seasons and different uh, levels of testing he wants us to go through. Some tests are very short. Some are kind of medium, and some tests are very long. And very difficult. And they're very trying. And they will make you want to pull your hair out as you're walking through it. Some of you have already walked through it. I can see today. Because you're missing most of your hair. (laughs) Don't look at your neighbor. I'm just playing. Okay, come on. But we have got to learn to pass 
the test. If you don't pass the test, what happens? You fail the test. If you fail the big test, what happens? You fail the class. If you fail the class, you got to take it again. So I failed the test. I failed the class. I have to retake it again, don't I? Many times I got to retake the test. If that's not, it doesn't work, I have to retake the class. And I got to keep doing that until I pass. It's a principle of test taking, right? I keep taking it until I pass. Some of you know where I'm going today, don't you? I keep taking the same test until I pass. For some of you here, you're like, why do I keep taking and facing the same test over and over and over again? Could it be we just haven't simply honored the Lord and passed this test the first time? Now, when you, get, when you pass that test, there'll be other tests, different seasons. But we've got to pass the test or we're going to keep repeating the same test over and over and over again. I can tell you there's times, I'm like, God, why am I going through the same thing over and over? Oh, yeah, I'm not passing this test. I have not got the right heart through this test. I don't have the right spirit of honor through this test. I don't have the right spirit of trust through this test. And until I learn to pass the test, I won't be promoted. Look what First Peter says. In verses 4 and 12, chapter 4 and 12, he says, don't be what? Come on, say it again. Don't be surprised. Turn your neighbors and say, surprise, surprise, surprise. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. I mean, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And we don't walk in on finals day and be like walk into our class of college, walk into finals like, oh, hair all messed up because we've been up all night doing something else besides studying. And walk in and be like, oh, today's a final? Well, I didn't know we had finals this college. I didn't know we took finals at the end of this class. If you said it to your classmates, what do they do? They slap you. Shut up, you idiot. What do they say? Every class has a final. Every class has got tough tests. So God said, don't be surprised when you go through tests in life. Don't let it surprise you. You're going to have them. How will you sustain? How will you pass? Will you honor the Lord through the difficult test? James 1 and 2, verses 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, I hate this verse. My brethren, count it all joy. That's hard, isn't it? Count it all joy when you fall in the various trials, knowing that the what? Knowing that the what? Testing of your faith produces patience. But let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be what? Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, we all want the bottom line, don't we? We all like that word perfect, complete, and lacking nothing, but none of us like the test. We hate the test. We hate the test. We despise the test. But Scripture says, count it joy. Because when you're going through tests, God is perfecting inside of you and I something that's going to be complete, 
Something that's going to be perfect will done in our lives. Something that's going to have you lacking nothing. I had something happen this last week. Really tried me. Showed up home and my, my new car is gone out of my driveway. And at a time in my life, that would have happened earlier, I'd have been like, ooh, I'm going oh, to hurt somebody. But you know what I was able to do a few hours later? I told my wife, you know what? It's just a car. It's just, just a car. Earl, it's just a car. It's just a car. Didn't let it upset me. God brought it back. Got it returned. It was fine. But what I'm talking about is there's a time in my life I wouldn't have passed that test. I'd have been all upset about my car. Finally get a new car. This is what happens. <laughs> Can't have anything nice. Some people stealing everything. You know, all these, all these things. Whoa, is me. I'd have posted it all on social media. You guys feel sorry for me. It was just a car. Why? Because I, I realized my happiness is not tied to my things. See, I've had to pass that test in my life in order for God to take me where he's wanting me to go. Same thing in your life. There's tests we're going to go through in our life, and I've got, I don't like it. But when God takes me through that test, there's something he's planning on doing in me at the next level. So don't give up during the test. Honor God through the test and pass this test. Don't retake it over and over again. Quit taking the same test and learn to pass it now. When Apple wants to bring out a new product, you know, I, I don't like, I, don't, I didn't like it when they went from 5 to 5S. You want to know why? Because that upgrade wasn't very nice. It was just a couple of small features that, that my iPhone would go from a 5 to 5S. Anybody make the upgrade from 5 to 5S? You're like, well, really, that's it? Okay. Wasn't really that great, was it? But man, from the 5 to the 6 plus, whoo, baby. Now, I'm talking about that right there. I was calling on all the, all the stores in town. Do you have them in yet? Do you have them in yet? I'm ready. I want to pre-order mine. I want it. And I was ready. I've been saving my upgrade. And I didn't just want the 6. I wanted the 6 plus because I want the best upgrade I can get. Come on, touch your neighbor and say amen on that. But you know, before they send these things out, they have a testing group that they send these to. That Apple and other, other companies, they send out their phones and their tablets, and they, they say, all right, to all these tech-savvy people, say, take these out, use them, abuse them, do all you can do. Try to make these things crash. Try to overload these things. Try to make these things not operate right. We want to test these things out. These guys are tech-savvy, and they're overloading it, trying to find out all the things that are wrong with it, trying to get all the bugs worked out before they ever release it to the public. It's been test-marketed. Every once in a while, something will happen and something will get caught. Remember when Xbox released theirs, big station, several, a couple years ago? And uh, they didn't get the little fan in it, was, was burning up, the, was not working right. And so the, all the Xboxes were overheating. We had all these kids and t- college students upset because they're in the middle of the game. We just shut off. And it cost the company millions and millions and even billions of dollars over one simple mistake of having the fan just right. So it's, it takes a lot of pride and it takes a, a lot of patience in test marketing these things before they ever send them to the, the open public because they don't want to have these problems. Could it be this? 
Could it be the reason God is testing you and I is he's trying to work out the bugs now so that when he releases us to the public, we shine and represent him the way, the way we need to. Could it just be God's trying to work out the bugs through the test? Could it just be that God's trying to do something through the test to get you and I ready to be released to the public? Oh, that'll preach all day long. I don't care how big you say amen. Come on, get God a phrase right there. God is trying to work out the bugs in our life. He knows there's some bugs of you've got some pride in your life, and he's trying to work it out. Some of you think you got what you have gotten on your own ability. God said, no, 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 no. It's my hand upon you. Until you acknowledge that, you're going to struggle. Some of you are trying to make your name great instead of his name great. So he's had to strip that pride out of you. Some of you are, are learning these are some bugs in your life that he's had to work out so that he can promote you to the upgrade that he wants you to. Why? So we can represent him well in the public. So we're ready to fulfill the will that he has for us. He's working out the bugs. And when that happens, then he takes us to the next level, just getting promoted. The great thing. I love being promoted. I love being upgraded. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Look what it says. We also glory in tribulations. Ah! Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Well, we don't like it, but man, promotion comes. Those who glory in the tribulations. Those who learn to glory in the tribulations. God, I don't like what I'm going through, but you receive all glory. God, through my great times, you receive the glory. And through my bad times, you receive the glory. God, when I'm going through the tough test, when things are lean and things are tough, and I don't know where next week's paycheck is coming from, God, you receive the glory. God, when I don't know what's going to happen next week with my family, God, you receive the glory. God, when things are so tough and it looks like I'm losing everything I own, losing everything I have, God, you receive the glory. I learned to glory through the what? The tribulation. I glory in the tribulations. And when that happens, it produces perseverance. Honoring the Lord. That produces character in me. Working out the bugs. And that produces a new hope. And when you get to that place, man, you have a hope that won't let go. You have a hope that shines in the middle of your dark season. You have a hope that shines that when he sends you public, that you're ready. I have, how many here love algebra and trigonometry? Anybody here love that? How many think that algebra and trigonometry are just from the devil? How many think I just, amen, amen. Any students here want to agree with me? My son came awake for the first time. Amen. Hallelujah, Dad. Yeah. Sorry, son. Let me embarrass you. Okay. Teenage problems. Okay. Anyway, the other day, you know, one of my kids, we were talking about this. He's like, you know, Dad, algebra and trigonometry is so stupid. I'm like, no, it's not. You need this. Oh, yeah? And he asked the question, when's, when's the last time you used it in your real life? Well, every time I cut a pizza up and a pie, you know, I, uh, that's about as far as it gets. I'm like, really, you know, practical math you're going to use every day of your life, but 
Algebra, trigonometry, you're probably not going to use that much, son. Then why do we have to take it? And I gave him the most spiritual answer I could. So you can go to the next level. So you can go to the next grade. I don't know why, but for some reason you've got to pass this difficult thing. So your brain learns how to comprehend and study difficult things and process and learn something that's really difficult, preparing you to learn later, whatever the reason they want us to learn it, to promote and go to the next level. If I don't pass it, I don't go anywhere. If I don't pass it, I don't go to college. I'll take it to college. If I don't pass it in high school, I'll take it to college. If I don't pass it in college, I'll take the class over again. Until I can really get to my major, I've got to pass some classes I really don't like. Until I can really get the stuff I'm really interested in and passionate about, I've got to pass some classes I really don't like. It takes discipline, doesn't it? it? takes perseverance. See, in our own life, I believe this is the way it happens in our life, that God is wanting to promote us, and sometimes we just got to pass the test even though it doesn't make sense to us. Even though we think, you know what, God, I don't want to, why are you making, this makes no sense why you're making me pass this test. And sometimes you're right, it makes no sense. But God's got a plan. There's something he's doing inside of us we can't see. He's setting us up for something big. He's setting us up for promotion. Look what, look what Joseph said in Genesis 41, verses 39 through 41. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You will be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. We're not talking about in charge of making three burritos an hour. We're talking about in charge of the whole land of Egypt. But man, how many can stand that promotion? Yeah. God, if you want to promote me to the charge of the whole land of Egypt, I'll take that. Great. Really? Do you want to be betrayed by your family? Do you want to be thrown into a pit and sold into slavery? Do you want to be lied about, misunderstood, forgotten, falsely accused, put in prison, forgotten in prison? I've had many people say to me, Pastor Jim, come and pray for me. I want, I want a double portion of your anointing. I'm like, no, you don't, man. You don't want those, some of the tests I've gone through, you don't want to walk through. I'm telling you. Look back and I look at the tests that God's made me walk through in my life, and they were hard, just like you. I know what it is to hold your mom at the age of 12, her hair falling out. Her, can't hold anything down because she thinks she's going to die in your arms. She's been given time to die. I remember those days, 11 years old, taking care of your mom. I know what it is to have. Churches, people you thought would not hurt you, hurt you. I know what it is to have people you look up to in college, leaders that really disappoint you. I know what it is to have perform and do double funerals of family members. I know what it is to go through betrayal. I know what it is to go through hard, tough seasons. And I look back and I say, God, I, I would not want to take one of those tests again. But you know what? God's got a test for me. Why? Because he's got something he's wanting me to do. There's a region that we need to bring Jesus to. There's a region that God's calling us to bring something to this region. And he's placed me here for an hour. He had to strip my pride. He had to strip everything out of me. 
And I had to go through tests, and I had to pass those tests to be in the place I am today. And God's taking you through tests because he's got a destiny for you. He's got somewhere he's trying to take you. But first, you've got to learn to honor him. Honor him to the test, and then pass the test. Quit taking the same test over and over again. Keep taking it. Some of you here, God wants you to, he wants to take your marriage, and he wants to use you to help other marriages that are struggling. You get the calling. But until you deal with your own marriage first and work through the things he wants you to work in, learning to honor each other, you'll never get there. Some of you here, you've got some things you want to do in your finances, and your business, but until you learn to pass the test of honoring God with your first fruits, he's not going to bless it. Some of you here, you're going through things in your life, a different test over and over again, and you're going to keep taking those same tests until we say, God, I want to honor you through it. And when I honor him through it, God, when am I going to get my spouse? When you can learn to walk without a spouse for a long time and say, you know what? I don't need a spouse. I am totally secure in my relationship with God. See, he's got to take you through a season where you quit relying on other people for fulfillment. And say, God, I'm ready. I get my security from you, not from other people. What test is he taking you through today? What test are you repeating? What test are you repeating today? And I say, learn to honor the Lord through it. Pass this test. And allow him to promote you where he's wanting to take you. I'm going to ask our servers to come this morning. We're going to prepare to take of the Lord's table here in just a minute. As they're coming today. What area? Ask yourself that question in your own spirit, in your own heart today. Ask yourself that question. What's, what test do I need to pass what thing is God trying to do in me and say God I'm ready to to honor you quit questioning every little thing I'm ready to walk this test out so I don't I don't want to take the same test again I am tired of taking the same test show me how to honor you show me how to strip my pride show me how God I'm ready to pass this test I'm going to invite you to stand on your feet so what's going to happen? Our servers are going to be standing at the aisles. We're going to receive the Lord's table together. We're going to ask you to come through, receive your cup and your bread, go back to your seat, hold on to those. We'll pray over them together, partake of them together. I'm going to ask that you exit out your right side to come down and receive the elements for those around you. And uh, let's make sure we do it that way. Let's do this right here. These two sections right here, I want you to exit all the way around to the the far right, come that way. This section right here, you're going to come down this right aisle as well. The back section, we're going to ask you to join in. The small section over here to my far right. Let's come, go down the nearest aisle to the right, receive the elements, go back to your seats as we sing this chorus, then we'll come back and take the Lord's table together. Drink from 
the night before his crucifixion, Jesus took his disciples together to have a time of breaking bread. It's now known as the Last Supper. And during that time, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to them. He says, as often as we come together that we had times of communion, we remember the bread represents his body. He said the bread represents the body, the same body that took the stripes upon his backs for us. And had the flesh ripped off his bones for us. The same body that allowed himself to be nailed to a cross for us. Scripture says that the stripes upon his back were for our healing, for our sickness and disease. So today as we take of the bread, remembering the body that was sacrificed for us. If you need healing today, say, Jesus, I remember. I remember the promise that the stripes were for my healing. I receive your healing in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your bread today representing your body which was sacrificed for us. The stripes you took were for me, you were for us. The pain you endured was for me, it was for us. We thank you today that through your body, we are made whole. Today that we can be made and walk in healing today. Now receive the bread together. He then took the cup and he says, Likewise, in the same manner, take this cup, which represents his blood that was going to be shed for our forgiveness of sins. Now, remember, up until this time, that the blood was shed by the sacrificing of the lambs making atonement for our sins. But now things were going to be different. No longer will the blood make atonement, but now the blood will offer remission, forgiveness, erasing of sins in our hand. It's symbolic of the blood which brings grace to you and I, not by anything we deserve, not by anything that we earned, not by any good deeds we do. We only receive Forgiveness of sins through the act of what Jesus did on the cross by shedding his blood. Scripture says he was the spotless lamb of God. When he was sacrificed, no longer was blood required. No longer was blood required. But now all those who believe and receive freely of this grace can walk free from the sin of shame. Stop trying to earn your grace. Stop trying to carry around baggage that he's already since forgotten. Stop carrying that around today. When you receive the cup, remember it's grace. It's grace today. It's grace today that we receive. Father, we thank you that nails didn't hold you to the cross. Love did. We thank you today, God, that you gave of yourself freely because you loved us. The shedding of your blood brought forgiveness of sins once and for all that all who believe and receive this free gift of grace could walk free today made righteous in your sight made righteous in the sight of God we thank you today God for this grace we thank you today God for your blood we say thank you God 
that we don't earn it. We say, thank you, God, that our sins are not counted against us. But, God, we've been set free from the weight of sin. And through the power of the cross and the blood that was shed by Jesus, we now receive of your cup. Just take a second. Can you just take some time and just make it personal between you and the Lord? Say, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your grace today. I thank you, Lord, for giving your body up as a sacrifice for me. I thank you, God, for shedding of your blood in my place. I thank you today, God. Come on, out of your own mouth, express it, God, I love you. today that this revelation of grace will pull us, God. May we not live below, but God, may we upgrade, live at the highest level you're calling us to live in. May we pass the test. May we pass the test. May we honor you through the difficult and trials times. May we glory you. May we sing glory to your name even during the trials. Out of something that seems like a mess. God, you're perfecting in us something strong, something that's going to reflect your glory. God, I thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to work out the bugs before you release us to the public. We say yes to you today. And we bless your name together. Can we, one more time, just give God a hand clap and honor him this morning? We honor you, Father. Come on, you can do better now. Let's honor the Lord this morning. Come on. We honor you, Father. Man, I tell you what, you guys brought up today. I love the faith, the expectancy you guys are bringing every week. I can feel it increasing every week. Keep it up. Stay hungry. Stay passionate. Next week, we kick off a series, Letters from Paul. I'm telling you, man, we're, we're going to be set free from religious spirits. We're going to allow grace to flood our lives. It's going to be an awesome, awesome series. Looking forward to sharing with you. God bless you. Give someone a high five and say, man, God, it's good. I love being with you in church today. God bless you.